Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the Clint Dempsey to my Michael Bradley, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. I don't even know who you just referenced. Oh, wait, no, 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 I did. I did. I was like, wait, I don't know who that is. Must be. No, wait, it's soccer players. God damn it. I soccer players. Especially I know, considering I, was, I riffed on like World Cup last week. I know. I This was testing out your sports knowledge. Well, I, was, I was like, I was like rolling through my head. I'm like, Dimson, Dimson, Dimson. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Do you know the goalie's name off the top of your head? Tim Howard. Oh, yeah, there Tim you Howard, go. The man with the hands of gold. The man with the hands and the plan. So, Except for know, those two times that he didn't catch the Oh, ball. you know, th- those two times weren't his fault. Come on. Um, so we're going to digress from World Cup <laughs> discussion. We should maybe start a World Cup podcast someday, maybe in, in 2018 when the next, the next one comes around. But today we're going to stick to pop music because, that, hey, that's what we do best. We're going to be talking about Sam Smith, G-Eazy, Shawn Mendes, Robin Thicke's new album, Robin Thicke's awkward new album, Trey Songs, Becky G, Iggy Azalea, so much more. Keith, are you ready to go? Oh, yeah. There it is. There's that Tim Howard spirit. Uh, so we got to start with Ed Sheeran. We talked about him last week, but he is officially number one with Multiply. 210,000 copies sold in its first week. So Keith, you know, we're not going to dwell on this too much. We talked about Sheeran and the Sheerios a lot last week, but let's break down this number a little bit. Is it? It's, it's basically right in line with what you what was projected for its first week. Yes. Um, uh, industry sources had forecasted like around 200,000 for the album and that was like last Friday um meaning the first Friday that it was released and i think um i th- i think said sources were were saying oh it could do like 195 just to be on the safe side in case it didn't break 200 but you know it did it ended up doing 210 and that's actually the uh fourth biggest debut this year the biggest debut for a pop album actually and um, the largest, this is sort of a fun one that I researched uh, on a Wednesday night, or Tuesday night for that matter, the largest um, sales week for a male British artist, because, of course, Ed Sheeran is a Brit. Um, and male. And male. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a male British person. Um, since uh, Rod Stewart... Um, sold 240,000 copies of his Stardust, the Great American Songbook, Volume 3, um, back in October of 2004. Um, So we have a lot of British women that do really well. Um, Susan Boyle and... other Adele. Pe- Adele, thank you. I was just like, who's the other one? I'm really glad you started with Susan Boyle. And you're like, what's that that rolling in the deep singer's name? Shut up. Um, So... (laughs) But but um, but but you know, like last week when Sam Smith debuted at number two, he had the biggest sales debut for a male British soloist first full length album. A lot of caveats. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of caveats. I can almost be a publicist in the history of SoundScan, <laughs> which started in 1991. So yeah, like you know, there just the, the 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 male British dudes. There just aren't a whole lot of soloists that come out of the gate as strong as Sam Smith, obviously. And there just aren't that many in general. Um, but I, w- I want to say something about the both of them combined, because this is really fascinating. So we have Ed Sheeran at number one and Sam Smith 
is holding a number two on the Billboard 200 chart. So we have two British acts at numbers one and two. Now, more British fun facts for you. Uh, the last time that we had two British acts at numbers one and two on the chart were back in October of 2012 when Mumford & Sons' Babel and Muse's The Second Law were number, numbers one and two. But even cooler, the last time that we had two solo British artists at numbers one and two was more than 20 years ago, believe it or not, on the March 27th, 1993 chart when Eric Clapton's Unplugged was number one, and it was followed by Sting's Ten Summoner's Tales at number two. So there you wow, go. There you go. It's a little like a bonus charts out of the week. We haven't even gotten to your charts out of the week yet. But we're done. Just I'm going home now. Dropping knowledge. Thank you. So Thank as you mentioned, Sam Smith in the Lonely Hour in the Lonely Hour holds at number two on the Billboard 200 albums chart this week, and its sales actually pass Lana Del Rey's Ultraviolence, which was number one last week. Lana Del Rey still in the top ten, but stumbles a little bit more than Sam Smith. Did you th- you think this is thanks to "Stay with Me," which is a Sam Smith single that's really surging? It seems like in terms of sales, at least. Yeah, I mean, as we talked about last week, and you know, in recently, you know, in recent times, you know, Lana doesn't have any hit singles, and so Lana's first week was was bolstered by um, built up demand and pent up demand from her core fan base, you know, the the million people that bought the first album, Born to Die. Whereas uh, Sam Smith was was generating just solid word of mouth and buzz and, oh, that huge hit single called Stay With Me, (laughs) which is selling gobs and gobs of tracks and has huge radio airplay and great streaming numbers. Gobs of tracks. Gobs and gobs. So because he has a hit single and because he's doing a lot of media and press, he's able to sustain. And now in week two, his album sales have beat the cumulative sales of Lana. So he may have lost out on the number one slot in the first week, but now he's actually beat her in the long run. So we'll see how things shake out. I have the feeling that it may not be next week, but it could be the week after that Sam could actually jump to number one um, after not having debuted there. He could actually rise to number one in the next few weeks. We shall see. So a couple other debuts on the Billboard 200 this week. You have Fish, you have Mastodon, both debuting in the top 10. But one I want to note, g Easy, the rapper, has a number three debut with These Things Happen. It's actually pretty impressive. You noted in your chart story that he doesn't have any songs on the rap airplay chart. And so it's it's pretty surprising for an artist with zero rap airplay entries to have a number three album debut. Yeah, we've you know he's he's never had a hit single on our rap airplay chart. Um, so he has very little support, sort of consensus support at rap radio. He's truly an independent artist who has um, you know gone on it, you know gone out in a sort of untraditional way that we've seen in the past from a lot of um, rap artists. I mean, Tech 9 has been around for like a million years, but really never had any rap airplay support until very recently, and that was still very minor. And yet Tech 9 has a very devoted fan base that turns up to buy his albums, yet radio doesn't pay attention, really. Um, so we noted in our story on Wednesday morning that g Easy has the second largest debut this year for a independent independently distributed rap album behind 50 Cent's album that recently came out. So, you know, you're kind of up against 50 Cent, so it's kind of unfair comparison. Um, And he's also the first uh, number one on our rap albums chart this year 
who has never had a uh, hit single on the rap airplay chart, which we talked about earlier. So, But we've seen a lot of other rap acts that have sort of done it in this untraditional way. If you look at our rap albums chart over the past year, you'll see a lot of acts that have made the top 10 that don't have a lot of sort of traditional support, and g Easy is just the latest in that sort of string. Yeah, and for more with g Easy, he was actually featured in Billboard magazine, a, a big write-up a couple weeks ago. That is on Billboard.com. Right now, we'll link you in the in the podcast post. So next week, the Billboard 200 albums chart is going to feature, most likely, absolutely, Robin Thicke's new album, Paula, which was released on July 1st. So last year, Robin Thicke, who had the song in the summer with Blurred Lines, put out an album of the same name last July, actually, less than a year ago, and got his first number one album ever with that album and so keith so let's 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 break down paula what not paula herself the breakdown paula the album let's not, let's I, not I don't want to break down, down anyone she's already been broke down a lot I yes i don't want to break down anyone named paula uh what is the sales projection for robin's thick robin thick's paula uh first week sales rather tepid um, industry sources suggest it might sell maybe twenty or twenty-five thousand copies in its first week, which would be, well, frankly, a huge drop-off compared to what Robin Thicke normally sells. Uh, his last album, Blurred Lines, which of course was coming off of the heels of the huge hit single of the same name, it sold one hundred and seventy-seven thousand copies Ooh. in its first week. Wow! And just comparatively, the album before that, which was considered a flop, Love After War. Um, that came out in the thick of uh, holiday Christmas shopping in 2011. Yes, I remember that. Um, and it missed the top 10 entirely on the Billboard 200, yet it sold 41,000 copies in its first week. So the album that, cons- that was considered his big disaster, Love After War, um, actually sold more than what people are anticipating Paula to sell in its first week. And there are so many things to say about the sort of the state of Robin Thicke's career right now. I was I was joking with someone uh, earlier saying that in a way he's kind of being viewed as like sort of like king douchebag right now. Um, <laughs> crossed crossed with say like how Vanilla Ice must have been viewed after Ice Ice Baby, and he was you know, it's like you have this huge hit. And then everyone piles on you. It's like, yeah, we all loved you for like those eight weeks, and then we got really tired of you. And he and he hasn't been able to escape the specter of of blurred lines. Never mind the fact that he had a career of you know many albums before that with a solid R and B career, and then he had this pop crossover hit, and it kind of effectively put him back from threw him back to square one all over again you know a year later after blurred lines it's it's incredible what has happened to him so when you say that people are viewing him as king douchebag yeah so can we let's talk about we should this probably a back bit. up and explain why well, like what's going on exactly with Robin yeah Dick and paula so let's so let's talk about this uh estranged wife paula Patton, and you know estranged for multiple reasons i mean they put out a statement they say they've separated and but they're going to still you know obviously communicate because of their child you know their child um you know for the good of the family she hasn't tweeted about anything in months um but there's lots of rumors about sort of their relationship and um and how things have perhaps um gone sour um and you know there's been pictures of him um 
you know, there was one photo in particular that, that that became very social where it was a picture of him with a woman. And if you looked in the reflection behind him, you saw that his hand was touching her butt. <laughs> um, All right. So, so you combine that with that happened. the sentiment of the song Blurred Lines um, and, you know, the Miley Cyrus and the twerking from the VMAs last year. And just that whole everything combined is kind of adding up to this perfect storm of we kind of hate you. This is, I think this is what the consumers feel right now. Yeah. I, I mean, first of all, before before I say anything about it, how are the singles performing from Paula? Get her back. He performed it. He actually debuted it at the Billboard Music Awards. Is is anything from this album catching on and, and on any of the charts? Mm, not so much. Um, Get her back, uh, well, like hit number 36 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart, but that was based mostly off of, I think, sales and streaming activity for one week, and then it fell off the chart. Um, okay. So it's it's no blurred lines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, no, yeah, the single's not working. Okay. So, I mean, here, the thing is, you called it a perfect storm of everything that's kind of happened with Robin Thicke in the past year. And I just think it's such a confusing release to me. And, you know, I listened to Paula... And again, the album, not the person. I didn't listen to to Paula. Paula came, came. Paula came by Billboard and talked to Jason. <laughs> I, I listened to Paula. The album. It's it's fine musically. There's nothing objectionable about the music itself, but just the fact that it's called Paula. It's you know the first single is called Get Her Back. It's just it, it's so strange. The whole thing is it, it feels like my my friend and I were talking about how it feels like an Us Weekly album. It just seems like it's so it, it's so you know perplexing. You have this album, and listen, there have been breakup albums, there have been divorce albums. Some of the greatest albums of all time are divorce albums, and you listen to Paula, and he's you know he's singing about get her back. But he's also kind of happy doing it. He has, he's like trying to get her back with R&B jams and is like smiling and, and doesn't really understand what he's doing. But it, it it's almost like he's trying to drum up attention with some some sort of tabloid, you know, intrigue. It, it just it, I think it's turning a lot of people off. Question, question. Sure. Is 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 every song on the album sort of explicitly about their relationship? I don't think every song is explicitly about their relationship. Like he's he's not name checking or referencing things that have happened between them. It's it's actually like if you think about the past few years, there's, there have actually been albums sort of like Paula. What you think about um, the two that come to mind are a couple months ago, Coldplay put out Ghost Stories, which is basically a, a breakup album between Chris Martin, the front man, and Gwyneth Paltrow, and then. In the past few years, Nas put out Life is Good in, in 2012, I believe, which is basically a, a, an account of his failed marriage with Khalees. The last uh, the last song on that album is called Bye Baby, and it, it, that actually really does go deep into details. It, I, I wouldn't say that Paula does that, but it's it's obviously about her, and it's, it's about their situation, and it just feels kind of icky because he's embracing what you know, the, this whole kind of, you know, marital problem and spinning it into an album. And it, that's fine. It's just, it, it just feels icky to me. I, I don't know, man. I think it, it's, I, it's, sorry, and, and judging from, no, I'm just, I just wanted to say the last thing is like judging from 
this sales de- debut and what it's projected for. This is a huge L for someone who ruled last summer after a, a couple attempts to regain a, a, a pop presence. And it's it's kind of sad to me. It is. It's it's just like, like, Robin, what are you doing, buddy? Like, what is going on where you're naming this album Paula and making it so obvious and yet not really serving up the songs to, to do so? I think it's it's... Well, he he was never able to get out from under the shadow of Blurred Lines, which was a hit, albeit a controversial one, that I think riled up a lot of people who, especially women, who were pissed off at the video for objectifying women, whether that was the intention or not, because that was incredibly controversial. The, The song's meaning where, you know, oh, there's Blurred Lines. Like, no, really, there are no Blurred Lines. You know, like you have that sentiment um, combined with just sort of the the general sort of it's dripping of kind of icky. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's kind of sexy at the same time. It's kind of icky, too. Um, and so then it becomes this huge hit where it's kind of like it's one of those like post hangover hits where like, oh, man, that LMFAO song was the jam. And then you're like, oh, shit, it's LMFAO. Um or, you know, Laffy Taffy. It's like it's like this this incredible novelty song that you're never going to be able to escape. So yeah, oh, Pharrell come man. On. Give, you gotta given, you gotta knock Laffy Taffy. Come on, man. I was just trying to think of like sort of like <sighs> sort of like like huge like you know, number one hits that were effectively novelty songs. And Blurred Line was never never meant to be a novelty song, but it became a novelty song because he cannot he has not produced an, another hit anything close to the size of that. And the other thing about this album is that you could have still made this album and just not called it Paula and not called Yes. It Paula. Exactly. And not called the song Get Her Back. You could have made your because we were thinking of are you know, are there other albums that are like this? You know, other divorce albums, other other separation albums. And other artists have done things like this, but didn't call them that. You know, Mariah Carey's you know, uh, uh, Butterfly album was all about sort of flying away from Tommy Mottola. Yeah, but it that but was the original title, I think, "Flying Away from Flying Tommy Away Mottola. from Tommy." But there's, yeah. but there's, a, I think it's just because it's so explicitly about this situation. I'm wondering, you know, does Paula Patton have reasons to like sort of sue for harassment at this point? Can she like file a lawsuit against him? It's like, dude, stop it, stop using my name, <laughs> like trademark yeah. that Paula, and make sure that he can't talk about you anymore. Yeah, there's there's just you get a sense that there's a complete lack of awareness. And like I said, that goes back to the music itself. This is not a sad it's not really a sad album, which is so weird to me. That's why I'm so confused. You listen to it and he's like he's kind of having fun. He's like, "Hey, look what I'm doing." Yeah, I'm I'm being self-referential and talking about Paula Patton and it's uh it's it's perplexing to the max. And you know what? Robin Thicke, I will say, is an artist that I've liked for a, a long time. I love Lost Without You. I love Shooter with Lil Wayne. I think that's a good... He's, he's had some great singles before Blurred Lines. I was really happy that Blurred Lines took off because I still think that's a fantastic song. Maybe not a fantastic music video, but I, I still love the song. It's just that this this is not... this is. And did you see the whole Twitter Q&A thing? With oh, him? yeah. Who, who, could, who could have missed the Twitter yeah, Q&A? I, Ask I mean, Thicke. Ass thick. I, I I don't know, man. I, I I think he'll. You know, he's gonna keep. He's a workhorse. He he just put out his first album in less than a year. He's gonna put out more music, and he's always gonna be the blurred lines guy. 
but uh, this is not the this is not the way to follow up blurred lines I, I don't get this at all it's it's gonna probably sell a fraction of his last album and yeah it, it's it's a bummer we should so probably move on though we should probably move on <laughs> robin thick um other releases uh a- anything else invading the top 10 why, next why week yes. uh the, the the possible probable number one album next week will be uh trey songs new, al- uh, new album awesome uh, the, the one that we didn't talk about, Trey Song's his new album called Trigga, will probably be number one on the Billboard 200. Um, I think it's going to do maybe like 90 or so thousand. Um, so yeah, uh, that that would be the big big debut this week. Okay, so he's he's had a couple number one albums as well. Yeah, he's. I'll, I'll, yeah, he's had a couple. I think he's had at least one. I'm, I'm at. Frankie, yeah, his I'm last album. That's fine. I mean, Chapter Five, I believe, hit number one two years ago. He had one number one album, Chapter Five. His last. Oh, okay, album. that was only his only one. So yeah. this this is probably going to be his second number one. Yeah. So we'll talk about Trey songs next week. We got to move on yep. Yep. Um, to the Hot 100. Fancy is still number one. Iggy Azalea still doing her thing, but uh, Magic. Rude is is up to number two, and so Keith, I gotta say, I, I know you hate it when I'm just like, yeah, I heard that song a lot on the radio, but I'm gonna say that uh, again, uh, I've heard this song a lot on the radio. I was at a, um, I, I was helping my parents with a yard sale last weekend, and basically sitting around their front yard for three hours or so, we had Top 40 radio playing the same the whole time. So I, you've I heard swear, the same four songs in a row. Like I swear, I yeah, you you know, I heard Fancy a couple times. I heard Problem a couple times. I swear, I heard Rude by Magic like eight times in those three hours. I was like, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I put on another album. I turned off the radio. Not to say I don't like Rude. It's just like, wow, this song is really, you know, being heavily saturated. So that song is up to number two. You think it could uh, hit number one next week? Um, well. It actually could. It actually could. I'm looking at its points right now because I have the um, the we call it the worksheet um, in front of me. It's basically the the. It looks kind of like a very very fancy colorful Excel spreadsheet with a bunch of numbers on it because that's what we do. We got numbers, baby. Um, yeah. The points that it gained and the points that Iggy Azalea's fancy lost, I think they could meet in the middle next week. So it looks like if if all things being equal, if if they keep up at the same rate both of these songs magic could be number one next week so we will keep you posted on that another song that we definitely should talk about sean mendez who is a relatively unknown artist but has invaded the top five of the digital songs chart with his debut single life of the party also on the hot 100 number 24 on the billboard hot 100 number 24 that's i mean that's incredible for someone that just got a, a a label deal with Island Records, what, six weeks ago, two months ago? Yeah, less than two months ago it was he's finalized. A, but I think they were in talks for a while before Yeah, that. he's a Vine star. Um, Keith, what what do you think about this kind of phenomenon? Is, is this as, you know, incredible as I think it is? Um, yes. It's, um, I mean, this dude is 15. He's a 15-year-old guy who basically got famous from Vine. Like, I think he's, we reported that he was the third most followed person on Vine. And of course, Vine is the social network where you share six second videos of that loop over and over. And I, I guess his, his big claim to fame was he posted a six second clip of him covering Justin Bieber's As Long As You Love Me. And then that had like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of likes and shares. And, you know, suddenly he was getting phone calls from people and, you know, he's a good looking kid. Um, he can carry a tune. 
he's uh you know he learned how to play the guitar i guess within the past year or so so you know and he's getting better at singing you know he told us in our story that we covered uh, that we interviewed him for that he you know when he looks back at his first videos he, he's like oh i was off key i couldn't you know i wasn't doing you know, and, he's, and he's getting better um it's just interesting how um you know this person comes out of nowhere and has built sort of this the start of a career off of six second videos of him singing but he's not the first artist to be signed from vine you know billboard reported earlier this year that um us the duo who yes, is really yeah. big on vine by doing six second covers um they were signed to a label deal too so you know vine is sort of the new myspace in a way whereas justin bieber was signed from myspace so many years ago now we see uh guys like sean and, and us the duo being signed from vine yeah i think um i think sean mendez he's we, we've talked about Austin Mahone a couple weeks ago. We've had the Vamps in here. You talked to Five Seconds of Summer. They're coming out with a new album. They, there's this, you know, new demand now that Bieber has kind of taken this year off. There's this sort of demand for a, a teen male pop star, Sean Mendez, making a quick start with his first Hot 100 debut. And you know, here, here's the fun thing: you bring up Austin Mahone. Um, Sean has now had, on in terms of the Hot 100. Already a bigger hit than Austin Mahone has ever had. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, <laughs> which is kind of incredible. And he has sold um, more downloads in a week than Austin Mahone has ever had with any of his singles. Yeah. So that's not saying that Sean is bigger than Austin Mahone because by he's the way, actually, he, well, he's opening for he's, Austin yeah, Sean Mahone is touring tour, with, yeah. with Austin. He's, he's actually, he's one of the opening acts for Austin this summer. So, um, we'll see how the summer progresses and if Sean can keep up the pace. You know, it's it's natural that the first week is going to be really big for an artist like this where all of your social network fans are going to come out. So we'll see how the next few weeks progress for Sean. Also in the top 20 this week, uh, Life of the Party's right outside of the top 20, but in the top 20, Something Bad by Carrie Underwood and Miranda Lambert. It, it rockets up this chart on the Hot 100 for, uh, from, I believe, number 84 to number 19. Yes, that is correct. So it also goes to number one on our Hot Country Songs chart, and that is a really big deal this week. Another another song, Light Get Her Back by Robin Thicke, that made its debut on the 2014 Billboard Music Awards. So, I, I mean, I, I really like this song. It'll be interesting to see how high it can go it's, if, if it's already in the top 20. So uh, another Hot 100, just quickly because we're, we're running out of time. Uh, another Hot 100 song I want to talk about, uh, Keith. I, I don't know the answer to this. Where is Becky G's shower on the Hot 100 this week? Um, well, let me look real quick. She jumps uh, 55 to 45 with the Dr. Okay. Luke and Circuit produced shower. Okay, so have you heard shower? I did. Please? I actually heard it for the first. I'm a little bit late to the party. I'm a little bit late to the shower. I'm a little bit late to the, to the shower. You know, like a baby shower? Or sh- yes. Anyway. Um, I heard it for the first time yesterday. It's great. It's really catchy. It's, it's like, great. You're yes. Yes, this song. Okay, so confession, Becky G, uh, an artist on, I, I believe, RCA. Kimosabi RCA. RCA. Dr. Luke has worked heavily with her. She is also a rapper, and I haven't really loved any of her rap songs. She, she has some cool covers on YouTube, but in terms of her original material, I haven't fallen in love with any of her rap material. But Shower, which is... Very quickly climbing up the Hot 100. It's a song to watch. I love it. I I, I can't get enough of the song. It is it is kind of like that "Call Me Maybe" effect, where that that hook just sticks with you. Oh, it just sticks with you for hours, and then you have to listen to it again. 
Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as well. But but fun fun song contender so, for song of the summer, Jason. A little too uh, early. Well, to I don't know about that. I think it's I think it's gonna break a little bit too late. I think it's gonna take another four or five weeks to get into that upper stratosphere of the chart. But hey, man, you never know. Hey, man. Um, hey, man. So before we get to your charts out of the week, I, I wanted to do a, a little bit of a news roundup. We don't normally do this on the Pop Shop Podcast. We usually stick with your charts world. But listen, I'm I'm on that pop news tip as well, man. So I wanted to throw a couple topics out there for you. Um, so we're going to talk about ISIS in the Middle East, right? No. <laughs> what okay, if we did? What if we did? What if we did? Political news roundup. Let's do it. So should, no, so should is, Iraq really be three different states? Is that really? I know. Really? No? I know. Okay. Well, well, that's next week's show. Listen, okay. we, we got to talk about pop music news this week. So Charlie XCX, she of fancy and I love it fame, a master songwriter. It, it came out this week in a, in a great interview with Pop Justice that she turned down a collaboration with the one and only Christina Aguilera. I thought this was kind of interesting, Keith. What do you think? Um, I now why has she turned it down? I don't know the full story. I think she it. said that she Christina's really cool, but it, it just wasn't the right, you know, wasn't the right song, wasn't right for her. Um, I can kind of see that. I don't really think the styles mesh too well. I mean, maybe you know, somewhere down the road. I, I thought I also thought it was interesting that in that same interview that she said that she wrote originally wrote "Boom Clap" for the one and only Hillary Duff. And Hillary Duff's people passed on it. Well, would it have ever actually been a hit for Hillary Duff, though? Oh, I don't know. Hey, man, I got to think about come clean. Always got to think about come clean. I know, but, you know, Charlie XCX is at a different point in her career than Hillary Duff is at in her career. No shade to Hillary, but you know what I mean. Um, Absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, if you give the same song to, you know, Rihanna versus Celine Dion, you know, just by virtue of who you are, that's going to help the song's fortunes um, just because Absolutely. of you know, who's singing it. Um, but it's interesting that she would even say, oh, I was I was going to do something with Christina, but I decided not to. It's like, why would you even bring that up? Like, like Oh, I think it's great. I, I, I think that she's just being honest. And, you know, she didn't, she didn't, you know, say that she doesn't like Christina at all. She said that she does like Christina, but just wasn't the right moment. I, I think it, I, I just thought it was in kind of an interesting tidbit from a great interview. Uh, it, check out that on popjustice.com. It is an interesting tidbit. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's when you bring up other artists in the course of your interview about, oh, this didn't work out. Like Ryan Tedder is really big at that. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but. And then he like, you know, blurts out a bunch of names. So it's. But listen, you, as, as pop reporters, I. I I, I, we enjoy that. I know. I love it. It gives you, it, it's, it's great. <laughs> but, you know, I think some artists are very careful not to talk about who they didn't end up working with because that could come back to haunt them. Very true. So another, uh, another speaking of collaborations, Jesse J, it was announced earlier this week, is returning with the new single Bang Bang featuring Ariana Grande, Nicki Minaj. It, it's coming out at the end of July and a new album in the fall on Lava Republic Records. I I just thought this was interesting. I thought I I made a note of this because Jessie J is, she's in a really strange point at her, of her career, uh, just in the US. And you love Jessie J, by the way, right? I love Jessie, well, you know, I I enjoy Jessie J. I love Domino. That was a a top 10 hit and deservedly so. She has two top 40 hits in, in her back pocket with Price Sag and Domino. She put out an album last year that was only released overseas, 
But it seems like they're really reloading with her, with you know Ariana Grande, Nicki Minaj, two artists with a ton of interest. And I'm I'm excited for this song. Yeah, in a way though, it's it's like, you know, the 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 two guest stars are going to overshadow, because because I I'm I'm picturing that Ariana probably has the hook, or something. Unless yeah. unless they're getting equal billing and they're both trading verses, which would be weird. And well, then, Jesse J. And you said Jesse- Nikki and you said Nikki was the third. Yes. So then you have Nikki coming in for a rap verse, you know, like the rap bridge. It's like, you know, at some point, it's like, you want to make sure you still shine on this track where you have these two big stars that are possibly going to outshine you. So be careful. <laughs> be careful. Well, maybe it's Lady Marmalade Redux where you have the the huge voices up front and then you have Nicki Minaj doing the, the Lil' Kim part and um, maybe Ariana Grande sends it home. So what you're saying is that Jesse J and um, Nicki and Ariana are doing a cover of Lady Marmalade. No, I'm not saying that at all. It's called Bang Bang. But I think one thing I, I want to note is that Jessie J, you know, for whatever you think about her, you can't deny that she has a great voice. She and does, but I, 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 she, she has a great, great voice, which, and she's just not connecting in America for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But that, that's the thing is that I would argue that she has connected in America. It, it's, you know, she put out an album overseas. Mm-mm. She's putting out an... an Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What's up? Explain no, no, explain that noise. You know, it's fine. Yeah, it, this is like saying like Tayo Cruz has connected in America. No offense to Tayo because he's lovely. <laughs> but Or like, you know, just because you have a couple hit songs doesn't mean that you've actually made an impression on the American public. Jessie J is an anonymous singer to America. She has no sort of public identity yet. Um, however... You know, you know, she has a couple songs that people. If you said, "Oh, have you heard the? Have you heard of Jesse J?" Ooh, I don't know. And then you play Price Tag. Oh, uh, that's her. Know. Oh, okay, cool. She's, I don't know I about that. Voice. No, I, 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 we we can disagree on this one. But I, I, yeah, I disagree with you. I think that she is not an anonymous singer. I think that she has established at least a little bit of something in the U.S., which is why I was surprised that her last album didn't make it over here. She has a new album coming out and. You know, some big guest stars on it. Speaking of Ariana Grande, so by the time you're hearing this podcast, her new single, Break Free, produced by Zed, has been released. We'll talk about it next week in terms of a chart debut. But, but Keith, I wanted to ask, it's coming out on a Wednesday. How will that Wednesday release affect its chart debut? Now, because I don't know anything about this, because it's new news, um, I've only seen the headline, and I've just what you've just told me just now, wh- what is coming out today wednesday the day that we're recording this what actually is coming out oh the the single itself break free so so it's already come out on like as a lyric video streaming or it's coming out to radio today or is it just coming out on itunes today that is a good question i I believe it's uh arriving on itunes today but okay so yeah 100 sure of that but dodging the fact that we don't know what's actually happening now Um, the Hot 100 chart uh, generally runs on a um, Wednesday through Tuesday uh, cycle, um, okay. ex- except for the sales. Um, well, the airplay is Wednesday through Tuesday. And I then, see. And then the sales is is actually uh, Monday through Sunday. So it depends, you know, when the song comes out in the middle of the week, how it will impact the chart the following week. Um, it could be a big impact for her because I think they were – you know, trying to maybe see how they could best position this song, but we'll know better in the next few days. Okay, so check with us next week. The Pop Shop Podcast will talk about 
break free. If I said it does nothing indeed. relevant right there about Ariana. I'm really sorry. I'm no, just that's like, okay. I was like, check I, back. I don't know. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we'll talk about that song. I think, it, I, you know, I like this song a lot. Um, I think it's going to have a, um, there's obviously a, a huge amount of interest around Ariana Grande. We talk about her a lot here on this Pop Shop podcast, but it is because she's one of the biggest stars in pop right now. Um, so we will uh, circle back to Break Free in the coming weeks. But until then, Keith, it is time. It is your Charts out of the Week. Hey. Okay, so um, I noticed there was a Twitter conversation that Jason was having um, on Tuesday about... Stalking me on Twitter. Okay, cool. I follow you and you follow me, dude. Um, I think someone asked what was like the worst Hot 100 number one single or something along those lines. Oh, yes. And... Um, I suggested jokingly that that would be a great uh, uh, topic for the podcast. Um, and I kind of thought about it for a second. I'm like, you know, I don't like talking about, you know, what's the worst number one single. I like, yeah, that would be like, the, that would be like our hater, the, the pop haters podcast. Yeah. And that, and hey, maybe, maybe we'll do that, but probably not. No, I like looking at, at, at this particular topic as sort of frustrating number one singles. Okay. And I want to talk about one very specific frustrating number one, meaning that it was frustrating because of something, uh, the circumstances around it. And okay. the one I'm going to talk about this week is actually by Chuck Berry, um, a rather okay. old song that is kind of obscure called My Dingaling. Yes, believe it or not, there was a song, a number one song oh, yeah. by oh, Chuck yeah, Berry called My Dingaling. Now, My Dingaling. <laughs> <laughs> was Chuck Berry's only number one single on the Billboard Hot 100, and it spent two weeks at number one on the Hot 100 in 1972 on October 21st and October 28th. Now, fine, it's a novelty song going to number one, but what is actually the frustrating element of this, aside from the fact that it's a novelty song? Well, the what frustrating yeah. element is that it denied Elvis Presley his final number one single. That's the frustrating element because Elvis Presley's last big hit, Burn in Love, peaked at number two on October 28th behind Chuck Berry's My Dingaling. So Chuck Berry's My Dingaling stopped Elvis from having his last number one <laughs> single. And that to me is very frustrating because I just wish, I just wish Chuck would have had the one week at number one and then he could have stepped aside and let Elvis gone to number one with Burn in Love. And okay, I'll stop blathering now but that's why it's frustrating and there's a lot of those in history and i can do almost one every week about this there's chart stat of the week <laughs> so much anger toward my dingling oh you were holding that one in for a while weren't yeah. you? <laughs> oh man that was a great chart stat of the week thank you keith um <laughs> i have so a, much anger hey, towards hey man, your i love when you, i love when you drop <laughs> some knowledge I'm not going to even say it. So, Drop some knowledge about your dingling, about my dingling. Hey, no, yeah, my dingling. My dingling. Um, okay, so on that note, on that note, Keith, we have to wrap this up. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to have some cool guests on the Pop Shop podcast. We haven't had a guest uh, in a in a couple weeks, but the next few weeks are shaping up to to be pretty fun. Got those uh, summer days going along. This is the first podcast of July and not far from the last, far from the last. Keith, do you have any parting words? Uh, happy Independence Day and 4th of July, everyone. Yeah, have a great Independence Day. Stay, stay safe, enjoy, watch some fireworks, eat some hot dogs. We're going to go out on a song that 
maybe Keith thinks uh, is from an artist that is a little bit anonymous in the U.S. I disagree. It is Domino by Jesse J. Have a great week, everyone, and take care.